0: I'd like to bring a message to you today, as you can see on the screen, about honouring God. We honour certain people, don't we? And the commandment says honour your father and your mother, and, but today I want to talk about honouring God. Have you ever wavered between like two opinions, yes or no, (laughs) or other sorts of opinions? Um, Have you ever experienced the problem of deciding which is the best way to go? Should we do this? Should we do that? Should we buy this house? Should we buy that one? Should we get a Toyota or should we get a Holden or board so anyway you know you weigh up all the, uh, all the pros and cons and you look at the negatives and the positives and <clears throat> and hopefully at the end of the day you can make an informed decision I want to read here So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Oh, by the way, I'm reading from 2 Kings chapter 18, um, verses 20 to 39. 2 Kings 18, 20 to 39, I'll start again. So Ahab went throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on the, on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, "How long? <clears throat> how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him." But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, um, "I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left." But Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let them choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put put it on the wood and set fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull and put it on the wood and not set fire to it. Oh, sorry, and not set fire to it. And then... Call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given to them and prepared it, then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Oh Baal, answer us, they shouted. but there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar and they uh, around the altar they had made. At noon Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. surely he is God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or travelling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until the blood flowed. And midday passed and they continued uh, frantic, prophesying until the time of evening sacrifice. But there was no response, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. And they came to him and he prepared, so he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes, uh, descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, your name shall be Israel. With these, these stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he dug a trench uh, around it large enough to hold two uh, sheaves of, st- of seed. And, um, and he arranged the wood and cut them into pieces and laid them on the wood. And then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and And on the wood, do it again, and he said to them, and they did it again, and he'd do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and all you have done And have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, O Lord, are God. And that uh, you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of God fell. And burned up the sacrifice and the wood. The stones and the soil. And also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this. They fell prostrate prostrate on and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. A bit of a lengthy reading, but a fantastic story. Okey-dokey. The prophet Elijah had made his decision to follow God a long, long, long time ago. But the people of Israel were wavering between the Lord and Baal. Elijah set up a contest and the God who answered by fire would be declared the one true God. When all the people were assembled, Elijah stood before them and he challenged them to end their double-mindedness, wavering between two opinions? Do you experience double-mindedness? Do you waver between two opinions where God is concerned? Are there areas of your life that put God aside? It is not good to try to walk the fence Worshiping two gods. Apparently, the Israelites thought that if Yahweh let them down, they could turn to Baal Baal, and vice versa. Elijah was saying that if one is the true God and the other is false, they should follow the one that is true. And wholeheartedly, they should follow the one that is the true one wholeheartedly and forget about the imposter, the false god. The people could not argue with this statement. And so they said nothing. You know, fair enough, I think. Elijah said, OK, let's, let's do this test. Let's see if you, how powerful your God is. I was talking to a lady yesterday. A lady who's been hurt by the church. Some years ago, and three weeks ago, she thought I should go back to church. She went to a uniting church. They talked about the upcoming grand final. They had slides of some of the players, and they prayed for a particular team to win. After that, they, um, hang on, I've lost, I've lost it now. What else did they talk about? The grand final. I can't remember. Two other areas of worldliness. Oh, yes, that's right. They put up a slide and told everybody they need to vote yes and they brought politics into the church. Um, I don't mind what you do at a referendum or at, a, or at a, um, an election, it's not my business. Um, I think that's up to the individual to decide. And there was something else secular. There was no sermon, no message. And she came away and saying, why did I even bother going back to church? I might as well just stay at home and have a cup of tea with God on a Sunday morning. Anyway, I encouraged her to find a proper church, a true church. There's plenty of good churches in Benigo, and named a few. But again, here is this lady and in a sense, she's wavering between two opinions, you know. And it's really sad, isn't it, that this attitude of Baal still exists today. And even in, I'm not even going to call it a church. That's not, that's not church. It's organised religion. And so here is the same thing, and it's still happening today, trying to take people away from the one true God. So it's not good to try to walk the fence. Elijah was quick to point out in verse 22 that in this contest, the odds were 450 prophets to one. This showed the people and the prophets of Baal that there was little room for human intervention. If the prophets of Baal lost the contest, then God's power would be seen, not Elijah's power. We We also must not take credit for the things that we see God doing in our midst. It's not for us to take the credit for those things. We're like the middlemen, the middle people. We pray on someone else's behalf and then the result is God's business. It's God's business. It hadn't rained for three and a half years and this was an embarrassment to the followers of Baal. Baal was a fertility God. It seemed that Elijah and his God were in control of the fertility of Israel. Of the two bulls required, Elijah let his adversaries select their favourite. Okay? So each side would prepare us to sacrifice its bull as a burnt offering to their God. Then they would each call on their God, and the God who answered by fire would be shown to be the true God. Question I've got for you today do you know do you know the one true God? Do you have to perform a contest To see, I've lost my place. Do you have to perform a contest to find out who the one true God is? Or do you know in your heart of hearts who the one true God is? And what he wants you to do? Baalism would accommodate other gods. But Jehovah demanded total and uncompromising loyalty and worship. That was back then. But nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. All morning, Baal's prophets called on their God and danced around the altar to arouse him to action. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them, mocking their ineffectiveness. And sarcastically, he suggested that that Baal might have been thinking about other things or busy. And if you read the Hebrew, it literally says, uh, relieving himself. Maybe uh, Elijah said that maybe he was away on a trip. And the Phoenician uh, sailors believed that Baal travelled with them on the Mediterranean Sea and elsewhere. Or even sleeping, maybe he's asleep, uh, Baal did not respond to their six hours of chanting. So often we try hard to find fulfilment in the things of the world, and we shouldn't really, we shouldn't. But sure, there are pleasures to be had. You might watch a good movie or enjoy a good food or have a nice night out. But we must be careful that these things that we enjoy don't take the place of God. And that we enjoy them for what they are. And we can praise God and say, hey, thank you, Lord. I had a really nice night out with friends. Bless them, you know, and keep God at the centre of your life. Oh, dear, what happened then? So often, now I'm lost, so often we try to find fulfilment in the good things of this world. And sure, there are pleasures to be had, a good movie, good food, a nice night out. But if you experience these things, sometimes you soon want more. The pleasure and peace that God brings to the heart are eternal and never fade and never fade. An altar to the Lord had been built on this site long ago, but it was in despair. Elijah selected 12 stones, one for each of the tribes, and repaired the altar. After the bull had been slain and laid on the wood, Elijah gave another strange directive. He called for the whole sacrifice and its wood to be soaked with water three separate times. The excesses of water even filled the trench. The purpose of this soaking was to show everybody present that the burning of the sacrifice was to take place, or that the burning of the sacrifice that was to take place was not a natural phenomena, not a trick, But a miracle. Elijah asked God to show the people that he is the true God and to turn the hearts of people back to himself. Instantly, fire fell from heaven like lightning, consuming the sacrifice, the wood, the altar, and even the surrounding soil and water. Spontaneously, the crowd cried out in amazement. Since the Lord, Yahweh, had answered by fire, we said that in verse 24, they acknowledged that he is the true God. As I mentioned before, Baal was the fertility God and he should have been able to send rain to make the land fertile. But he failed. Elijah rebuked the people in verse 21. He repaired the altar. He relied on the Lord. And God revealed himself by sending fire. In response to Elijah's prayer, God sent rain. Elijah was a man of the hour. He honoured God and God honoured him. How's your relationship with the Lord? Is it like the altar on Mount Carmel and in disrepair? There can be little more said about honouring God. As Christians, we should honour God in every area of our lives. We should put him first. We should follow his ways. And we should look to his leading. And we will find, folks, that blessings flow. There can be little doubt that when you honour God, God will honour you. And I'm talking about I'm not I'm talking about honouring God in every aspect of your life, not just to be a do-gooder, but honour God with the things that you look at, the things that you listen to, the thoughts that are going on in, in your brain, the things that come out of your mouth, as well as the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, Kindness, peace, patience. If we do all these things, we will be honouring God with the whole of our life, like with the 100% of our life. And how often do you pray for this and that? Honour God. And instead of praying for personal comforts, you'll see them coming to you. You'll be praising God for those blessings that he sends to you because You have honoured him in every area of your life. As you can see on the screen, there is little doubt. Honour God and God will honour you. Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today. We pray and ask, Lord, that we will be able to honour you in every single area of our lives. Lord, that you will help us to flick the switch to Jesus and Lord, and not not have the dimmer on and dim that light and, and, and allow certain darknesses to come into our lives. But we pray, Lord, that we can flick the switch, that we can see the light of Jesus, that we can be a reflector and reflect Christ, Lord, in all that we say and do. Help us, Lord, in our personal life and in our daily in our daily routine, Lord. Let us focus on Jesus. Let us see him at work in our life. Let us honor you lord in every aspect and every area of our life we pray in jesus mighty name amen amen thanks for listening to this podcast by wattle city church if you google wattle city church you'll find us on anchor spotify facebook youtube and a whole bunch of other platforms feel free to listen We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message And by other messages that you listen to We praise God And we pray blessings upon you In Jesus name, Amen Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church If you Google Wattle City Church You'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube And a whole bunch of other platforms Feel free to listen We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.